Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Doing great, Matt. How are you? Life is great. Down at the beach again, just kind of living it up, you know, going to the beach, playing some golf, just a good life. Doing some work. Well, you're doing... as you know, I, I'm, I'm recovering from COVID. I'm midstream here, so I'm about oh, to I'm so sorry to hear that. Good thing hey. you're taking all the illegal medicines. Look, look at me, though. I'm getting better. <laughs> That's good. All right, it's episode 134, and it's, is it time to adjust your pricing or time to adjust your prices, right? The biggest fear from, from any small business owner is raising prices or adjusting their pricing. And really what happens is they don't know, you know, their supplies, their costs have gone up, labor's gone up, their insurance has gone up, maybe their rent has gone up. But, but for some reason, we're all terrified as a small business owner to adjust our prices. So we're going to go through a list of questions. Again, rank yourself on a scale of one to five. Five being, yeah, I'm all in. One being, I'm terrible at this, right? So how would you rate your business's upfront offers? So again, talking about pricing is, is the first thing you do. Discount. Uh, what is your upfront offer? Uh, how do you get people in the door using pricing? Yeah, Thoughts and that's always that? the, uh, I think one of the fears with, uh, pricing is uh, even with the venture capital world is the first thing they you know they'll be like well okay how are you know how are you going to go to market type thing and um, oh well your price is too high and you know if any if there's any suicide that can be committed in business it's I believe it's it's being too low of a price in the market because once you play the price game you're always you're almost stuck in the price game so That's exactly right um, so. <laughs> When you rate your business's upfront offers, if your offer is good enough, it's not based around price. It's it's based around the offer itself. And what is the offer is how how your product solves somebody's problem or makes their life better. So. Exactly right. And and that's what we're talking about. And and plus, so really all these questions are ways to to add value to your product or service so you can charge a premium price, right? So these are are, are related. So the second question, how would you rate your ability to offer your prospects and customers additional products or services from a joint venture partner? So we've talked about joint ventures before. And so can I offer another product or another service with a joint venture partner of mine? And now I'm charging a premium price, but now it's apples to orange. It's, it's more difficult for somebody to compare me. We're the roofer who offers the free pressure wash, right? Now it's a little premium pricing. Um, it's hard to compare me to a typical roofer who just comes by and sends Joe Schmo in there, right? Um, so can I offer other products or services from some joint venture partners, which would allow me to charge a premium price or at least the top level because it's harder to compare, right? Yeah, you know, um, I got a, a thing in the, I think it was in the mail, but it was about, uh, now this isn't a joint venture, but it is an offer that was very compelling a gutter, uh, they sell the gutter caps. Yes, yeah, yeah and, the gutter guards, yeah. Yeah, if you buy the gutter guards, uh, we we clean your gutters and downspouts at no extra charge. So that's, when, that's a great example because they probably have to do that anyway to put the darn things on. Yeah, so, you, <laughs> so the reality is um, I, I saw that as, now nowhere are they talking about, they didn't offer a discount, coupon, right. nothing. It's like, hey, I need my gutters cleaned anyway. So maybe I, this offer yes. is really good because then A, I get my gutters clean, but B, then I don't have to clean them again next year. Exactly right. That's a perfect one. Um, now, next one would be, how would you rate your ability to laser target your perfect customer with your marketing? Again, if you're going after your ideal target market, your ideal customer, 
then it's really not about price because again, as we talked about, you're solving their problem or you're adding value, or you're doing something they don't wanna do themselves. So if you're going right after the proper target market, they're willing to pay a little extra price, right? They're willing to pay a little premium. Yeah, who's and defining your laser target, your, your, your perfect customer, I think has a lot to do with who, who you like to do business with. So if you, if you have a vast amount of customers in your business, like in your business, you have a, a fair amount of customers, but you have certain customers that you really like doing business with. Right. And those are what you call perfect customers because you like them. Now, so what are the demographics of those type of people? What is it that makes them, and I think uh, makes them, uh, you so attracted to them and, and likewise, what makes you guys click and, and figuring those things out and then writing marketing to attract more people just like that and repel other people who aren't in there. We're talking about pricing. So it's okay to repel the people who aren't your perfect customers as well. Um, you know, in this whole process, because you don't want the customers who, who you wouldn't necessarily gel with anyway. No, and you're exactly right. The next one says, how would you rate your ability to pre-qualify your prospects? That most likely to buy. So again, if you've got a target market and we're going to be able to pre-qualify them, meaning they, they have money, they want my service, they're willing to pay for my service. Those are, those are pre-qualifiers, right? We hate chasing around people who don't have the money to pay me. Uh, I mean, there's one of the gurus that I follow, a guy named uh, uh, Ramith Sadie. He wrote a book. Um, what was it? Uh, he started his blog on like how to save money. And uh, I think it's I'll Teach You to Be Rich or something is his book. Anyway, but he had a blog, How to Save Money. And so he was trying to sell a product, how to save money to a bunch of cheap people. So they weren't going to pay for him to teach them how to save money. So he actually changed his messaging. This goes back to your messaging, which can I teach you to make an extra thousand dollars a month? So if I teach you how to make an extra thousand dollars a month, right? And so that sent his business to multi-million dollars because people will pay you money to learn how to make an extra thousand a month. They won't pay you money or if, to save a thousand dollars a month. They'll pay. No. So he changed his whole model. So how can I help you make an extra thousand a month? So he started to do one of his courses was how to negotiate your salary, right? So, so if I can help you negotiate a raise in your salary, that would be worth it, right? What if I helped you get your dream job. So he had another one, how to get your dream job. That would be another way to help you to make more money. Then he had how to start a side gig, you know, how to do something on the side that made you a thousand a month. And each one of these were a class or a course that he sold. But again, he had to identify his perfect customers and his target market and the qualify the prospects because having the right mess, having the message of I'll save you a thousand dollars isn't nearly as sexy, he found out as I'll make you an extra thousand dollars a month. Anyway, you know, I love that story. Well, no, it's funny. It's it's very similar because um, you, you see all the little bandit signs around, you know, improve your credit and all this stuff. Um, believe it or not, it's the worst business uh, model, uh, the credit repair business, because okay. most of the people who are have severe credit problems are, I say this in the nicest way, they tend to be very irresponsible people and they don't have much money anyway. And right. so if you're going to try to sell to those people, you're selling to an audience with, with no money right. and, and, and lack of discipline. So if you're going to sell to broke people, you're probably going to be broke. Um, that, that's the truth. Um, unless you solve a big problem, like this guy decided, hey, maybe I'll take this message and turn it into um, how to make 
a thousand more a year rather than how to no longer be broke. Um, right. <laughs> no, and it's funny, there is a famous place down the street from me, which is a do-it-yourself pest control, you know, do-it-yourself. So instead of hiring Orkin to come do your pest control, you do, it's literally, I think it's called do-it-yourself pest control. And their market is, is almost two different markets. It is a, um, let's call it a person with a green thumb who's like, I'm already working in my garden. I don't mind doing the pest control myself. Plus then I can kind of make sure I don't get my plants messed up, right? So they could do it themselves because they're already kind of land, you know, working in the yard kind of people. That's one of their target markets. And their second target market were some uh, people who want to save money, right? The people that want to save money and want to do it themselves. So they kind of had identified two different target markets, the handy you know, yard person already, and then the person who does want to save it. But even the people that want to save were, were actually a higher, they found out was a higher income level of people that wanted to do it themselves and save money. It wasn't the super cheap, yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. There's a lot of do-it-yourselfers. I mean, Home Depot and Lowe's have made exactly a right. business model on do-it-yourselfers yes. that actually spend a lot of money to do it themselves. Yes, their their target market is actually a higher income than you would think. It is actually the the, the, the solid middle to upper middle class for Home Depot and Lowe's. It's not the uh, lower income people that are going to Home Depot. And Lowe's. Yeah, I think a lot of people who do it themselves, they want to get the most they can get for yeah. the money. Um, so- yeah. That's, That's a great point. That's a perfect example. Yeah. All right. And then so so then you start thinking again. Here's another one. How would you rate your ability to add massive value to your current products or service? Right. So so we've talked about this before in brainstorming. What else could I do? What else could I offer? What other solution? Dean Jackson says, if you just let me give you the solution and I did it for you, what would that look like? Right. Like, what would an A quality experience look like? And let me get you the result that I want to get you if you just get out of my darn way, right? So this is where you can get creative and kind of have your, you know, we talked about your gold, silver and bronze packages. And so you could say, here's my absolute gold package done for you, get it done right service. And then of course, only a few people are gonna buy that and they're probably gonna buy the middle one. But again, that goes, the next question, how to rate your customer's satisfaction level. How can I make my customers really thrilled with me, right? On a scale of one to five. So. These are two different kind of brainstorming exercises. How could I add extra service or really wow them, give them the wow experience? We talked about that before. Do I want to be the Lexi, Lexus or the Jiffy Lube, right? How can I provide a wow experience that, that makes them more satisfied or that makes my product or service really above and beyond to compete? And I think part of that is you, you mentioned that the, uh, maybe the gold, silver um, and whatever. Um, right platinum service, three different services. Sometimes that those three level of services is part of setting expectations, right? In the beginning. So if they choose the lowest service, then then they've picked that they don't want those other things. And so exactly setting right. expectations, right, is is part of it really is is part of the satisfaction level can be just setting this expectations right on the front end. Uh, this is perfect, right? So the next two questions are tied in. How would you rate your ability to price your product or service based on the value it is to prospects? How would you rate your ability to price what you sell in accordance with your level of expertise? So I would even say your level of expectations. That's a great way. I've got a financial advisor now who's got three different pricing levels, right? So that, like I said, platinum, gold, and silver. And in that is, hey, 
you know, uh, the platinum we meet four times a year. You know, the silver, the bottom one, hey, it's one time a year. There's another financial advisor service who, who has zero face-to-face -face meetings. It's two phone calls a year, right? But he's setting the, the level of expectation, like you were just saying, as, as a way to, hey, here's the service and here's why we're less expensive because we're not having four meetings a year, we're having one meeting. But then there are the people that really want that extra touch and they're, well, I want my four meetings a year. I want the platinum service. I want to be in that level of service. I want to have, then there's some people that simply just want the best. Hey, I just want the best. If that's the best you're offering, I want, I'm all in, right? I'm going into this. I don't want to be cheap, right? Yep. So um, I have another client who's healthcare services and um, they're kind of a concierge service for elderly. And um, we came up with a whole program for them that we call above and beyond, right? And so it's little case studies of how they've gone above and beyond for their clients. And so now you're trying to give them a, a level of customer satisfaction, adding massive value. Um, I think the story was there was an older gentleman, you know, um, not very mobile, kind of stuck around his house. They got him in the car, took him to, and, and uh, he used to be a pilot. And, and got him on a, uh, there's a biplane up in uh, uh, Peachtree Cab Airport. You can take on a biplane tour. So they took him over there and let him, you know, he didn't fly the plane, but ride in the plane. And that was kind of above and beyond. Your typical concierge nurse service may not have done that. So, so we have a whole marketing campaign built on, I call it above and beyond. So every month we are sending out to their clients, prospects, referral sources, their centers of influence, Here's how we go above and beyond for our clients. Meaning, here's how we're different. Here's how we're unique. Here's why we charge a premium price. You know, it's funny, uh, Tom Peters back in the 19, it was the late 1980s, he did a, this special called Service with Soul. And okay. he talked about companies that, that were very different. And at the time, one of the companies that he talked about was Herb Kelleher's Southwest Airlines and how they okay. were very different. And if you look at, like you get on a, Southwest flight, even, you know, they, they've got all these different things they do to make it fun. They're, they're an on-time airline and granted, they're not, they're, they're like a no frills type thing, but yet when you get on a plane, what do you really want? You want to get from point A to point B, but yet they have a great attitude and the whole company is behind this whole thing. And, and so the differentiator for them, and it's why they're a profitable company is not just on time. It's that extra, it's, it's yeah. that extra bit of service that they give um, so that you, the client, have a unbelievable experience. And there was, I mean, there were quite a few different companies in this Tom Peters service with Soul, but it, that's what we're talking here is, you know, what um, what differentiates you in, in terms of your satisfaction level with your customers. If, if your product, it doesn't matter what your product is, in the case of Southwest, it's, it's flight from point A to point B, but what makes all the difference in the world is how your clients feel as they go yes. through the process of, of moving from the gate until they get off that flight. How do they feel during that period of time? And that takes, it, it takes enormous uh, focus on you as an entrepreneur. If you're going to make your clients feel great about your service, that means your service has to be thought out. Your product or and, service has to be well thought out. And that's great. And, and I, along these same lines, it's Chick-fil-A, right? So Chick-fil-A, I think they always say thank you or, or um, thank you or, or 
it's it's something simple. They have a saying at Chick Fil A: once you check out and da, 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 you know, okay, you know, thank you for your order or thank you for dining here. It's it's some little one-liner they say it at Chick Fil A every time you order. And 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 that's what they teach their kids, their 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 team members to say after every order. You know, Thanks for dining here or, or, or something to that effect. And you and are drilled in. Experience is unbelievable. I mean, if you. Yeah. Now, I don't eat fast food very often, but um, we will go through a Chick-fil-A drive-thru. And, and you got to admit, when you get in the drive-thru and you see like 80,000 people there, you're like, this is going to take forever. And they move people through. Oh, they're experts. You know, Chick-fil-A has the best fast food uh, drive-thru line in the world. So we were in uh, Mount Pleasant last week. And so Mount Pleasant was doing the vaccines and they were having trouble. Everybody was getting all backed up. The mayor of Mount Pleasant went to the Chick-fil-A manager and said can you teach us how to run so the chick-fil-a guy ran the vaccines in mount pleasant he just ran it like a chick-fil-a drive-through and he's he had the wait time down to less than 15 minutes before it was like an hour hour and a half in mount pleasant to get your vaccine drive-through and they had the chick-fil-a guy run the vaccine drive-through as if it was a chick-fil-a drive-through and he had the wait times down to less than 15 minutes it was, and so it was he, all national news it was awesome this is the example to be learned there um you could argue well we're not selling chicken. We're, we're, we're trying to promote vaccines. The process was still the same. Okay. So they brought in the chicken people to, right. uh, but are they in the chicken business or are they really in the moving people through to get their product efficiently yes. and with right. service? So um, it's just further proof because the biggest argument we always hear is, well, that works for that business, but not my business. Well, that's, Chick-fil-A is not in the drug business, but yet they, they, they <laughs> yeah, it was proved, awesome. They yeah. proved in the vaccine business that they could do that too. Uh, yeah. By following a formula that uh, goes back to whatever uh, Daniel Kathy uh, uh true it, true it. Kathy, yeah. Um, I'm thinking of his son. Yeah. Um, yeah. but but it, anyway, it's just cool. All right, last two questions. How would you rate your current pricing compared to your competitors' pricing? So this means that you should always know what your competitors are charging, right? What are your competitors charging? What is their offer and how do you compare for that? We do this for in dentistry all the time. I work with a lot of dentists where we want to go and get your pricing. How much are you charging for the, you know, the root canals, for the cavities, for the yada, yada, yada. Uh, and how does that compare to your market, to your, you know, dentists that are nearby, dentists that are regional, dentists that are statewide, regional. So we, we do a whole price comparison because you want to know what's out there and what your competition Plus, it gives you a leg up so you can speak educated. Like we said, go back to brainstorming. How can you increase the service level? How can you increase the satisfaction? How could I add massive value? What else could I do to make it a pleasant experience? We talked about, but we need to know what our competitors are pricing. You know, it's funny. ourselves out of the market. When I was in the locksmith business, uh, we used to go to stop at payphones back when they had those. Um, yeah. We'd stop at payphones and we would call competitors and ask, you know, hey, I locked my keys in your car, in my car. What do you charge? And I lost my keys to my car. We would stop around town. <laughs> well, yeah. I we wanted to know what the competitors were charging for the same service in specific areas of town. Why? So that so that we could actually charge a little more than them. We weren't trying to charge less, but we right. wanted to make sure we weren't charging too little. Right. Um, and right. so make sure that and we now, mind you, um, there were probably at that time 45, maybe 50 locksmiths in town. Uh, but we we know who the, the top five were and we always <laughs> right. focused on those five we never focused on the low price 
people, we weren't, we weren't playing that game. And so um, again, it takes time to focus on your competitors, but you should price your competitors. I mean, everybody does it in every business. Uh, you should be doing it too, for sure. You should be doing it too. We did uh, skip- last, we last did- one here. Yeah. Come here. How would you rate your ability to pinpoint your top 20 most lucrative prospects in your market? So this is like Chet Holmes, right? Who's your dream list, right? Chet Holmes, we mentioned him before he passed away, but he's got great marketing materials and he teamed up with Tony Robbins. So you can Google Chet Holmes and uh, the marketing machine, I think is what it's called. Uh, Top 20 most lucrative prospects in your market. So again, this goes back to, do you know who your target market is? Can you identify them? And if you can identify them, let's identify the top 20 and let's go after them, right? And we can go after them because first of all, we know who they are. We know they're our target market. But then because we know our, our competitors pricing and we know how to deliver a wow experience, we could go and approach them with confidence, knowing that we've got the best product or service, or we add the most value, or we got the best wow experience because we know what our competition is doing. So we have confidence to approach those top 20 prospects. Yeah. And if you're in the numbers business, like um, let's say you're in a roofing business. Well, um, so your top 20 might be uh, based on the size of a yeah. the size of a house, the top 20 types of houses or the top yeah. you don't have to have a uh, your most lucrative prospects can be um, I hate um, not categorizing prospects prospects specifically because we sell to people. Ultimately you sell to people. So you should always pick the right person. But if you have to go to the type of like homeowner, then pick the size of house that would be the top 20 or the type of neighborhood that, you know, do you like golf course communities? If you're a roofer, does that pay more than, than other communities? You know, those are things you might look for top 20 um, most lucrative prospects in your market. Yeah. Yeah. And it's perfect. And so the interesting thing about this, so, so why do we talk about pricing and it's really the most overlooked people, most small business owners are afraid to adjust their pricing. So we're trying to give you ways of, of adjusting your pricing, increasing your pricing. Why is that? Because what, pricing is the quickest and fastest way for money to go right to your bottom line, right? So if you're a million dollars in revenue and you increase your prices 10%, that's $100,000 that would go right to your pocket, right? So the other part of this is, oh my goodness, I'm afraid I'm gonna lose clients. So first of all, you could run the break-even analysis. How many clients do you have to lose in order to uh, uh, break even, right? Usually it's a multiple, like you'd have to lose 30% of your clients to, to do a 10% price increase and, and break even, right? So you can afford to lose 30, you're not gonna lose 30%, you're gonna lose like five people when you do your price increase. It's never as much as we think it is. But the second part of this is, is as we tell you to, to, to be your pricing, increase your pricing, here are ways to add value, to add wow experience, to add another product or service or, or add uh, a joint venture partner's product or service, right? We're trying to give you confidence in how and why you can increase your pricing, which goes obviously right to your bottom line. Absolutely. So this is the kind of stuff we talk about in our mastermind group, uh, profitabilitymd.com, if you wanna talk about that. Our irresistible offers, we can find any business owner, 50,000, 75, $100,000 in their business without spending a dollar more in advertising and marketing. How do we do that? We use these kind of checklists. We've got, we've been through three or four of them already. Well, he know that they're that that small business owners don't adjust their pricing, don't look at their competitive pricing enough, don't add value to the pricing and make it apples to oranges. We know that they don't do that. 
this is how we can find you $50,000, $75,000, worth of business. And this is what we talk about in our mastermind group. These are the things we talked about. Hey, Dave, when's the last time you increased your prices? How did you do it? How do you present it to your clients? How many clients did you lose, right? These are the things we talk about in our mastermind group. And that's, you know, the three things to be successful, commitment, a roadmap, and a support group. And that's what a mastermind group is. The mastermind group, Dave and I got the roadmap. The mastermind group is your support system. We need your commitment in order to be successful. So we love this kind of stuff. Matt at ProfitabilityMD.com. Dave at ProfitabilityMD.com. So we call that the profitability, uh, profit acceleration session. That's that find 50,000, 7,500 in your business. Our mastermind group, if you're interested in that, send that out to us. Where can you find us? ProfitabilityMD.com. We're the ProfitabilityMD on our YouTube channel. And of course, this podcast is ProfitabilityMD. Dave, I hope you feel better, buddy. Matt, I'm feeling better already. <laughs> All right, man. This was a good one. Have a great day. All right. Take All care. Right. Bye. See you.